I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, a podcast where powerful women share their journey to inspire and empower others. For this week's episode, I spoke with Stephanie Kirsta, co-founder of Home, my favorite meditation studio in downtown Toronto. Steph is a registered psychotherapist who holds a master's in psychology. She pursued additional certifications, including post-grant studies in addictions and mental health counseling. She's also incorporated additional evidence-based holistic practices to her training, and she's now certified in applied mindfulness meditation, stress reduction, cognitive therapy, and mindful eating. Steph opened a meditation studio home with her business partner, Carolyn Plater, a little over a year ago. One of the things Stephanie specializes in is sleep therapy, and I thought she'd be the perfect interview to end the year with, as we all need support with our sleeping habits, especially this time of year. It can also be a difficult time for anxiety overall, and I asked Steph to share a few tips. As always, if you like today's show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Here is my conversation with Stephanie Kirsta. And today we wanted to do something special with you because we're just before the holidays. It's a period where um, everyone feels a little extra stress. Yes. Um, and we know that things can be difficult and there's a, a lot of triggers that we all face, you know, coming up to the holidays. And first I want to ask you about sleep. And that's a hot topic because we all have issues with sleeping. Mostly we're not getting enough of it. Yes. And I don't think we know how to get good quality sleep. And it's something that you specialize in. Um, So first, I'd like to ask you a little bit about what you do in terms of coaching your clients and coaching people when it comes to improving their sleep. For sure. And yeah, you're right. We're not getting enough sleep and the sleep that we are getting is not good sleep. Mm -hmm. So we're a very tired society these days. Um, So a little bit about me. So I'm a registered psychotherapist. So... I went through school, I work as a mental health clinician, and what I was seeing time and time again, especially because I specialize in anxiety and depression, and Mm -hmm. mostly with my highly anxious clients, I found that you know, with anxiety comes a lot of sleep deprivation. And, mm. and and I started to kind of observe this vicious cycle of, you know, if we don't get enough sleep, then our mental health really struggles. And if we're our mental health is struggling, then it's affecting our sleep. And so I started researching. I've always been really fascinated with the idea of sleeping. Mm. And so I started researching different certifications that I could get to really just bring value into my clinical practice. And so um, I did quite a bit of certifications in the U.S. Mm. um, with a very well-known sleep physician. Um, So the practice that I do is called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. Oh, wow. And so it's really interesting. It's a very... It's, it's kind of a rigid treatment mm-hmm. where there's a lot of math involved really? because what we do is we create these sleep deficiencies to kind of build the quality of sleep that mm-hmm. people can get mm-hmm. and then afterwards increase in small increments the amount of sleep that they're getting. Mm-hmm. So it's, I always joke, it's like sleep training for adults. So, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really, it's, it's really life changing because, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not sleeping well, we feel it, right? It impacts we, everything else. It yeah. really does. And and something I learned in the training, it was this phenomenal sleep physician from Boston, and he would always use the term wicked. And he would say, if something 
if someone's not sleeping, it means that something wicked's going to happen or something wicked is already happening. Right. Um, because it was just, it's a really, it's it's really difficult to yeah. be chronically sleep deprived. So right. um, I'll always bring in, even if I am not working with insomnia, I'll always bring in different sleep hygiene tricks. And, mm. and I'm loving now all the gadgets that people are using to, yes. to build their sleep, to get better sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're just a very tired society. <laughs> right. So... I want to start by asking you, what is good sleep? Like, what is a good night of sleep? How many hours should it be? And what kind of sleep quality should we be getting? Yeah. Because I know everyone has different sleep patterns, but we're supposed to get into that state of deep sleep, and mm-hmm. we have to get enough hours of it. And I hear people say, oh, I can get by with four hours of sleep. That's not my case. Like, if I don't get my eight hours of sleep, I really feel it. Yeah. And we can, you know, we can laugh about the fact that I sent you an email at 4 a.m. Yeah. last night. <laughs> Which doesn't happen often, but I was up for a couple of hours. So what is that good night of sleep? So a good night's sleep, so in terms of the hours that people can sleep, it really is a range. So the range is about seven to nine hours for mm-hmm. most people. Um, children and teenagers need more sleep. Um, you know, over the age of 60, you generally need less sleep. And everyone's different in terms of the amount of sleep that they can get. What I would love, like I wish every workplace would allow people to do this, but if you ever have a week off, like a staycation, maybe you're off for the holidays mm-hmm. and you know, that slow week between, yeah. you know, after the holiday, like Christmas and New Year's. I love that week. I love that week. <laughs> you don't know what day it is. Exactly. Like it's just, um, but what I love is I encourage people to try and go to bed at the same time every day. Okay. And then wake up without an alarm. Right. For like seven days. Mm. And then at the end of that week average out how much you've slept. So every day, like kind of like calculate how much should I sleep, average that out. And that's your magic number. That's Mm. the number that you need to sleep because ideally and what the literature tells us is that people, we shouldn't be waking up with alarms. Like we should be able to get into a ribbit, a rhythm that we go to bed at the same time. Like we Mm -hmm. go to bed roughly at the same time and we just wake up naturally when we're, when we're not tired because that's what our, that's what our ancestors did, right? Yeah. We didn't have alarms. We didn't have that. We we slept when the sun went down. Went down. We, yeah. we woke when the sun kind of went up. And so. when the roosters started going. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but how can we, is it, and I'm, I'm kind of guessing the answer to that question, but it's probably really bad that now we don't have those natural markers anymore, right? Because, yes, the sun goes down, but all our lights are on. We're, you know, lights are on in, in the house. We're watching TV. We're on our phones. And I know we'll talk about about light but um how can we are there things that we can do to help prepare our body to send those signals that hey it's going to be time to go to bed absolutely there's so many things that we can do um to try to start to signal to our body um it's interesting that you say that you know we don't have those those markers anymore um there's a study that came out and so a hundred years ago so based on a hundred years ago to now we're sleeping about a third less as a society really and there's no reason for it like it's just the pressures of our society yeah we self-inflict this on ourselves yeah and so just yeah generally from a hundred years ago we slept about nine hours and now the average rate of sleep is six hours wow that's funny because we've improved so many things thanks to technology and medicine and all that it's so funny that sleep has like gone backwards it's so true it's so true and we we kind of sleeplessness or insomnia not mm. insomnia mostly but you know I I didn't need to sleep last night or yeah. I pulled an all-nighter and it, there is a little bit of a badge of honor in some, mm. cl- in some cases so it's difficult for people mm-hmm. but in terms of being able to fall asleep or kind of have these these like cues for ourselves mm-hmm. blue light's a big story we'll talk about blue light in a little bit yeah. but 
trying to mimic like rising with the sun and then you know setting with the sun as well so as soon as you wake up in the morning try and get some light into your life so right now in canada there's no light (laughs) even at seven so (laughs) yes i want to get that light but where do i go we don't have it so there's a couple things that you can do so we know going outside is really helpful like that little okay. it's not fun but that little blast of cold air that getting that yep. that fresh air does signal to our body okay it's wake up time right there's also i'm i really like different sleep aids so there's the philips wake up light the yeah. alarm clock that right. wakes up with the sun works really really well so is that as impactful as being out in actual sunlight it's not as impactful but because we can't get true sunlight it's a good alternative it's a great alternative Mm -hmm. what is really impactful which can be helpful are those led lights so they're happy lights okay um and they're little light boxes you just put anywhere on your desk on your nightstand and those are helpful because what they do is they you put them kind of like on the side of your face so Mm. they actually hit the white of your eye okay and the white of your eye like the light in the white of your eye creates vitamin d in your system so it mimics the sun hitting our body so it will actually contribute to vitamin d so it's Mm. really helpful i have a lot of clients who just are sluggish in the morning and they struggle with waking up and so i encourage like when you wake up flip the light on right really bright um but it is something that you can work up to and it does help to counter the effects of like it it helps to kind of cue you to wake up right but it also helps counter the effect of seasonal affective disorder it's funny you say that because i moved into a a house that has a skylight in the bedroom and when and it doesn't have a cover and when i first moved i'm like do i get like something to cover it and it was really annoying me but i've noticed i get up naturally without an alarm now and i kind of feel better in the morning yeah because I am getting whatever little light, you know, comes through. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because back in the day, like, we would wake up with the sun. We would yeah. have the sun. So then our body would be like, okay, now it's time to wake up. Yeah. Similarly with nighttime, you know, not being able, like, we, we have so much artificial light. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's negatively affecting our ability. You mentioned that deep sleep. So yeah. that REM sleep. Yeah. REM sleep is it's kind of like the diva sleep. Like, we really need to have perfect proportions of everything we need to have a cold bedroom we need to have a dark bedroom we need Mm -hmm. to have a quiet bedroom to get into REM sleep so how cold should the bedroom be it is I have it 15 to 19 degrees okay yeah Celsius so pretty chilly yeah okay um but it really does help your body because if you think about our ancestors you know sleeping in the cave or you know from Mm. back at the cave people right you know we it was cold at night it was dark at night so that really helps our body to produce melatonin and actually I have a question on that because I've always we often refer like in nutrition as well we often refer to our ancestors and Mm. back in you know in the caves and what they used to but haven't we evolved like over time because now it's been at least you know a hundred years or more of not sleeping in a cave anymore um aren't we adapting like is that still relevant we're slowly adapting Mm. so this is actually the first time in that we know of that our society and our brains and like this the the demands of society have kind of outpaced us evolutionary so our bodies still need to kind of you know catch up a little bit right so we will get there but we're just, that's why we're seeing this kind of, you know, all of the sleep problems that are happening and, yeah. you know, some of the mental health stuff that's happening yeah. because we're just, we're not there yet. We're yeah. getting there, but a hundred years from an evolutionary perspective is not very it's long. It's not very long. I hear you. But it's also that even if we're, we haven't been sleeping in a cave, it's also 
we're not really connected to nature and to our bodies anymore, right? Exactly. So it's in an artificial setting, the body's not going to thrive. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. makes sense. So back to um, REM sleep. Yes. So, so and, and I guess one of my questions too is, is there a time, like growing up, my mom always told me, your sleep before midnight is the most important sleep. Is that true? And yeah. how early should we be going to bed? So your mom's actually right. Um, really, if you look at the quality of sleep that people get, and there's really... There's some studies, there's mixed literature, but really the, the golden hours of sleep are between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Okay. The quality of sleep that people can get, there's mixed literature for reasons why, but mm-hmm. we do know and, you know, compare that to shift workers mm-hmm. who maybe are not having regular sleep schedules yeah. or sleep during the day. They're sleeping the same amount, but it's the quality of the sleep that they're getting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting. Your mom was on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so an ideal bedtime would be before 10 p.m. if we want to maximize those good hours of sleep. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And again, like, this is where we're kind of at a crossroads where, you know, we get that, like, we know what's right for us, yeah. like, what's, you know, on paper what's right for us, yeah. but we have to take that literature and apply it to what works for our lives. Yeah. So for a lot of people, 10 p.m. is when the party starts for them, yeah. or, you know, when work starts for a lot of people. That's so it. it's what else can we do to maybe mitigate some of that as yeah. well. Um, I have so many questions, <laughs> but so preparing for sleep. What are some things that we should be doing so we're getting in the right mindset at the right time to maximize our quality of sleep and hopefully be able to sleep through the night? Yeah, so um, big thing for preparing for sleep is trying to turn off any lights, like any any stimulant. So okay. that's where the blue light comes in. Mm-hmm. So why we're hearing so much about blue light now is because we're actually seeing the impact on on sleep and mm-hmm. there's so much clinical impact on it. What it does is so we talk with this magical REM sleep. Melatonin is what gets us into that REM sleep. Right. There's certain things that need to happen. Like I said, the cold bedroom, the dark bedroom, mm-hmm. the quiet bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we don't have those things, melatonin doesn't come. Right. And so with blue light, you know, we're on our phones. Most of us are on our phones. Yeah. We read on our iPads. Yeah. We watch television. Mm-hmm. Also, and sometimes with, all of the above at the same time. All of time. the above at the same time. <laughs> I'm actually seeing from a lot of people the Christmas trees. Like if they're, if they're oh. Christmas trees or the Christmas lights yeah. or if they don't have blinds on their windows and their neighbors have Christmas lights, oh, that wow. affects some people as well wow. for this time of year. Mm. So with the blue light, is we're, we're scrolling on our phones, and then I'll have people say to me, it's cool, I go to bed right after and I fall right asleep, yeah. but it's the quality of sleep. Okay. So if you go to bed at like 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. blue light suppresses melatonin production for about two hours. So okay. technically, you're not really getting restorative sleep until midnight. Right. So you can still fall asleep, yeah. but it's the quality of sleep and the amount of quality of sleep it's that you're so getting. It's so interesting you say that because I went... I, I, I know I need at least my hours of sleep, but for a long time I did feel like I wasn't getting, I would wake up tired even mm-hmm. if I had eight hours of sleep. But I'm yeah. someone who's like, I'm on my phone until 30 seconds before I fall asleep. And how far I am when you email me. <laughs> yes, that's rare though. But, and, but also the first thing I do when I wake up is like back on the phone, which is Absolutely, absolutely. So what would be your tips for things that we can do? So turning off technology turning off technology not being on the you know trying not to scroll on our phone and, yeah. and, and how long before we go to bed should we do that roughly two hours okay roughly two hours but again that doesn't happen yeah right yeah. like to say to someone like i'm a i'm a business owner mm-hmm. and 
I will tell you, like, <laughs> I woke up at 6 a.m. I messaged you at 11 p.m. last yeah. night, yeah. right before bed, and I woke up at 6 a.m. and I saw your message right away. Mm-hmm. So I... I talk the talk, but sometimes I don't walk the yeah. walk in many cases. Yeah. And so I know that that's not the case. So I'm loving the blue light lenses that are coming out. I think they're great because they just do help. They're not the same, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these sleep aids, like we said with the, you know, I'd rather you go outside and get some sunshine first right. thing in the morning. But if we can't get that, what's mm-hmm. the next best thing? And so the blue light lenses are fantastic for that. Okay. Make so- sure you get them from like a, like not... There's not there's the some, cheap ones. Not the on cheap Amazon. ones on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah the but, yellow, the yellow ones. Yeah, but they're really great for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other things that we can do, to kind of like tell our body that it's sleep time. So a hot shower or a hot bath mm-hmm. before bed. Yeah, that raising of the body temperature and then getting into the cool cold room. Bedroom, so that's a good idea. Yes. Okay. Really, really helpful signals to our body that it's time to sleep. Yeah. There's some really great sleepy teas that are yeah. great. So chamomile and valerian root are really great. I love holy basil. Oh, I do the holy yes. basil tea. And then when I know I really need to like mellow down, I add some ashwagandha powder. Oh, nice. But then that knocks me out. <laughs> like it's actually really. Do not drive yeah, after the combination. No, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's really good. I also really like magnesium yes. for sleep. So a lot of people too. take uh, melatonin. Yeah. Uh, mixed reviews yeah of what's your take on melatonin because I, I also so i like i like taking magnesium i find that works well for me at night a lot of my friends do melatonin instead but they also suggest melatonin if your sleep patterns are kind of moved around because of traveling for yes. example i love melatonin for travel like mm-hmm. i love melatonin if you're flying to australia i love a timed melatonin to be able to start to mitigate some of the jet lag yeah. and kind of get you on a better sleep pattern so when would you take it if you're flying to a different time zone is it like on the plane or is it on your first plane. night there you can take it for a couple days before but okay. then on the plane is great okay um and you take it when it's like time to signal to your body that it's bedtime basically. yeah okay. yeah um but for every day melatonin has a lot of mixed reviews mm-hmm. whereas magnesium is really really effective okay. so uh, magnesium citrate is a really good one. There's yeah. two different types. Yeah. And 500 milligrams is okay. great for a lot of people. There's a product called Natural Calm. It's like a powder. Mm-hmm. Um, people lovingly refer to it as Nature Xanax. So okay. It's yeah. really so calming. Yeah, that should work. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> effective one. And pairing that with like a sleepy tea. So if you have yeah. like a tea that you have before bedtime, you know, putting a little bit because it's a powder. So you just put it into your tea mm-hmm. and then you don't taste it. And then that also really helps you sleep. It's also really helpful for the mitigation of anxiety as well. Right. So if you're feeling, especially this time of year, stressed and anxious, yeah. Yeah. it's a really helpful add-on. Okay. Um, and then I really love gravity blankets too. Mm-hmm. I think yep. they're fantastic. They signal, so gravity blankets, it's interesting. They work on this thing called deep touch pressure stimulation. Hmm. So that he, it's kind of like when you go, have you ever used one? I haven't actually, and I've heard you talk about them before, yes. and I'm really intrigued. Love them. So, you know when you go to the dentist and you get an x-ray? Yes. They kind of that thing like they that. put on you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you should have them 5 to 10% of your body weight. Okay. So, you calculate it. They have different weights. And then, I like them, some people use them, like, as like before bed, like, if they're just kind of chilling on the couch, watching television or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I sleep with mine. I find it really helpful. Okay. Um, and what it does is that deep touch pressure stimulation works to calm our body, but it actually can, that calming and that touch 
produces serotonin. Like it helps to to oh. build that serotonin. Serotonin is a precursor to melatonin. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, yeah, lots of things happening with that. Yeah. Okay. Rituals are a big thing around bed. Right. I always say to people, we're big babies. Like we really are. It's funny when we were children or when we were just born, our parents created these lovely, like, wake-up and bedtime rituals for us, right? Yeah. We had we had bath time, yeah. we had our bottle, yeah. we went to sleep at a certain time. A book, maybe. A book. Mm-hmm. And now, then we got control over our bodies, yeah. and then we just do whatever we want. Yeah. But our body still really likes rituals. So mm. even, you know, there's lots of different things that we can do to promote sleep, but it's having that bedtime and having that ritual around bedtime. Okay. So, you know, that's signaling to your body that it's time to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I find that really effective is trying to create a little bit of a bed. And it can be really big or it could be really just a small, small little one. So a ritual could be something, again, like reading a book or um, I know a lot of people like to journal before they go to bed yeah. and doing like a gratitude journal, which love also that. makes you feel good mentally right love that i love that another one that's really good is doing like the legs up the wall pose okay. so when you're lying down in bed just put your legs up against the headboard yeah lie there for like 10 minutes really effective oh. because okay. from like if you look at you know what it does to our body we have our sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system and so our parasympathetic nervous system is that rest and digest it's it's right. signals to our body that it's time to calm down mm-hmm. it's what we get into hopefully when we're getting massages it's yeah. hopefully what yeah. we're getting into when we're meditating mm-hmm. and so a lot of people find or it's really helpful if we lie down with our legs up the wall you, we're not running around we're not right. doing things in that pose so we it naturally tells our body it's time to relax now. Okay. So it's a really relaxing pose. It's a really sleep permitting pose. Also, this time of year, we're wearing lots of high heels and going to lots of parties. Yep. <laughs> it helps to reduce some of that inflammation in our legs and our ankles okay. and our feet as well. So yeah. it's really restorative. So generally, it's a really good idea. It's a great pose. Yeah. And it doesn't really have to do anything. You just right. put your legs up a wall. Um, what happens when, and I know some people also like to do things like a meditation podcast. Mm-hmm. I actually use it if I do have one of those rare nights like last night when Amazing. I'm up, up in the middle of the night and can't fall back asleep. I usually, and I, I actually like tracks to relax. This is not a paid plug, but I just really like that app uh, or That's that podcast great. render. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that? Is that, is that something that you know, we should be doing regularly or I love them. Like if they work for people, some people love them, some people hate them. Yeah. Um, but if you work if they work for you, I love them. Okay. It's it's great. It gets you into that meditative state. It's kind of like listening to meditative music as well. Yeah. Um I know Calm has really great sleep stories. Yes. Yeah. Um Carolyn, my co founder, loves them. Okay. Um Headspace just launched a few mm. sleep like a whole sleep program as well. I think they're great. They're helping a lot of people sleep. And so if it works for you, it's great. I would just say try to mitigate the amount of time you're on your phone with it. Well, that's it. That's also why I was yeah. asking because then, you know, you've got your paws in the ears and the phone is on. So that's probably not so good. It's it's weighing the, the, the you know, the, the pros and the cons yeah, of it, right? right? Yeah. If you're just, if you have your pods in the ears, but you're on, like, you know, you, you have it queued up and you press play and you're on your phone for like five minutes, yeah. it's really not going to do that right. that much damage. But if you're on it and scrolling on your phone, not going to be really helpful mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's helping you fall asleep and you find it really effective, I say go for it. Okay. Um, a lot of people find them helpful. 
some people find a meditation before bed really helpful. Yeah. I also really like um, a progressive muscle relaxation before bed. Mm. So if you're struggling to fall asleep, you know, you can put on chill music, you can put on some lavender essential oil if you want, mm-hmm. um, and you're just lying in bed and you start by clenching your feet really, really tight yeah. for like five to ten seconds and then releasing them mm-hmm. and then working up your body and then working back down. Okay. It's actually something that is part of the CBTI program, so the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia program. Uh, Okay. It's actually something that we encourage people to do every night before bed mm. because it, again, just signals to our body it's time for rest. Right. Because if you think about, again, our cave, when we were cave people, we had that downtime yeah. before bed. We yeah. didn't do much before bed. Yeah, there was no TV. There was no, no TV. No, uh, there was, iPads to be on. Yeah, we just kind of hung, I don't know what we did. We hung around a fire, I think, <laughs> with our, our family. Yeah. But now what we do is you have the TV going, you're working on your phone, yeah. you're cooking dinner, you're running around, you're making lunches, you're doing laundry, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, I should go to sleep. Yeah. And then we jump into bed. Yeah. And so to go from that go, go, go to sleep, it's no wonder that we have trouble falling right. asleep. Our body's yeah. like, wait, yeah. like, what What am I doing now? Yeah. So those little things that we can do to signal it's bedtime are really, really effective. Okay. And then um, what about when we wake up in the middle of the night, can't fall back asleep? Okay. So this is why <laughs> people don't like me for this one. But really what we should be doing is getting out of bed. So if you hmm. can't fall back asleep in 15 minutes, like 10 to 15 minutes, yeah. get out of bed. Okay. As, and I'll tell you why. But get out of bed, go into another room, and like sit up, mm-hmm. essentially. Don't go on electronics. So like read a book, but like maybe a not so interesting book. Listen to a podcast, but maybe like a not so interesting podcast. Yeah. So do something that is stimulating, but not overly stimulating. Yeah, that's something that's going to get you like excited and going again. Yeah. But do that. And then when you start to feel tired, go back to sleep. Go back to bed. Because what happens when we wake up at 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and we're tossing and turning, Mm -hmm. what happens is we look at the time we're like, God, if I fall yes. asleep now, I only have four hours left to sleep and I have to be so worst. tired tomorrow. And we start to worry. And what can actually happen is we can um, we can start to create an anxiety yep. around our bed yep. and anxiety around sleep. And that can actually, if we have enough nights of that, that's what can lead to some insomnia. So right. that's the, like that oftentimes is a big trigger for people mm-hmm. to start that insomnia cycle. Mm-hmm. So getting out of bed and just you know, doing something that's not too stimulating, don't drink anything, don't eat anything, yeah. and then just when you're tired, go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Try to stay cool, try to stay dark, um, and then go back to sleep. If you have a couple nights of a bad sleep, it's just a couple nights of a bad sleep. Mm-hmm. Don't start to worry that, oh, my sleep yeah. is affected, yeah. because again, there is a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. around, you know, bedtime and not being able to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have a couple bad nights, just treat it as a couple bad nights. Don't put stuff around it and do that a few times and okay. then hopefully that should subside. Okay. Yeah. And then drinking water before bed and having like a glass of water on the nightstand. So um, I'm somebody who I usually wake up once a night to go to the washroom mm-hmm. and then, but I go right back to sleep. Yeah. Is that normal? Is that something we should avoid? Should I be drinking less water before I go to bed? Water's fine. Like, some people really need, like, it's dry right now. Yeah. And so some people do need some water before bed. If you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you go back to sleep, it's not a problem. Right. Don't change it. So it's it. not affecting my REM sleep not or affecting. the quality of my sleep. No, yeah. not at all. 
what can affect it is the caffeine, like when you're drinking caffeine mm-hmm. and when you're drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. So why we're seeing a lot of sleep issues. There's a lot of, like, you know, there's a lot of stress around this holiday season. There's a lot of stimulation. We're so busy. There's a lot yeah. of pressure. But also, there's a lot more alcohol. Yep. And so what happens with alcohol, and it's funny because a lot of people think, oh, it's a nightcap. It will help me fall asleep. No, no. Yeah. No, I've tested that. Yeah. I actually stopped. So I quit caffeine. I'm drinking decaf coffee yeah. right now. I quit caffeine, uh, like, two years ago. And um, I, I, I stopped drinking alcohol now for several months. The quality of my sleep with those two things is just through the roof. Yeah. Like, it's it's so much better. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, with alcohol, usually about two hours before bed, as we say, try to cut it off. Yeah. So, what it does is people think it helps you fall asleep because it's a depressant. Yes. It depresses our central nervous system. Yeah. We're really tired. You pass out. Yeah. And then halfway through the night, you wake up and you're yes, wired. I remember that. Like around 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, usually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. And that's your body trying to process the alcohol. Right. Out. I always say to people, what goes down must come up. So mm. if we have like our center of equilibrium and we drink alcohol, it brings everything down. Well, it's almost like a boomerang effect. We okay. have to. Sometimes our body overshoots it. So yeah. everything gets like overstimulated. Maybe our heart races a little mm. bit more. You feel a little bit jittery. You just feel... Like, you can't get comfortable and you feel gross. Mm-hmm. That's the alcohol trying to come out. So try to avoid the alcohol before bed. Okay. And caffeine is a tough one for a lot of people, but they say usually four hours before bed. Okay. Yeah. If you have sleep problems, I tell people to cut it off at 12. Yeah, I would agree with that. Even mm-hmm. when I was a big coffee drinker, if I had a coffee too late in the afternoon, even, you know, when they say espresso has a little bit less caffeine, mm-hmm. no matter what it was, if I had a, ca- a coffee after, let's say, 1 p.m., yeah. it impacted my sleep yeah and you probably now like would notice like if someone gives you caffeine by mistake because you don't oh, drink no. caffeine at all oh, i'm probably... up for tonight yeah <clears throat> and that happened even with a very strong tea really um, i had a very strong chai tea as I, I drink green tea normally so i'm used to that level of caffeine yeah if i have an especially strong tea it really messes up my sleep so, so my body's become really sensitive to caffeine yeah but the trade-off was worth it because quality of sleep is so much better. But I love it too because your body is doing what it needs to do, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you're using, you know, it's not like you're having a terrible sleep and you're using stimulants to wake you up in the morning yeah. and then, you know, alcohol or depressants to try yeah. to get you to sleep. So now yeah. your body's doing what it's doing, but that must have been hard to get to that place. Quitting coffee was eight days straight of like intense brain fog, oh. migraine, like I, worst migraine of my life, wow. could hardly function. But it's like the eighth day it lifted. Yeah. And then I was fine. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a huge That's why I don't want to go back because I know how hard it was. Yeah. But it's exactly what we're saying. I used to have to drink large amounts of coffee mm-hmm. in the morning. I'd have a second one when I got to work, another one usually after lunch. Yeah. And then I would need, my sleep wasn't good. I'd need to either, and I never really took sleeping aids, but more like natural ones. But mm-hmm. I didn't, I'd wake up a lot, didn't have like a, a sleep that felt restorative. Um, so I really see a difference. Yeah, that's amazing. But it's not pop. I know it's hard for some people to do that. It can be really hard for mm-hmm. some people. I love coffee. I yeah. love the ritual around coffee. Yeah. But I do notice if I have too much coffee or too, like coffee too late, I just have a really tough time falling asleep. And then there's certain types of foods too. So again, during the holidays, we know that can come up. Uh, I know if I eat, I don't eat a lot of meat. And if I have, you know, like a, a piece of steak, for example, mm. 
it I will feel my digestion be heavier and that can wake me up at night. So. Absolutely. And a lot of sugar, like Christmas mm. has a lot of sugar yeah. cookies. And so for a lot of people, the increase in sugar is really hard for them and that mm. can affect the sleep. We're also eating later, right? If we go right. to parties or if we go to dinners, we're generally eating later and that can really have an effect on our system. So food wise, how, like what's an ideal time for dinner compared to our sleep time? The ideal time for dinner, it's so hard, and I've never been able to do it, is like six. Right. For, ev- like for all systems, like yeah. for, for our digestion, yeah. for everything, um, for sleep as well. Mm. So six o'clock is, is, is really good for a lot of people. Um, roughly, it's about two hours before bed. Okay. Yeah, okay. two mm-hmm. hours before bed. And same thing with exercise. You know, yes. strenuous exercise yeah. is amazing for sleep. So yeah. Exercising in the daytime, not too close to bed. Not too close to bed, about three hours before bed. Yeah. So strenuous exercise is great. Any type of exercise is great, and that's that's another reason why we're not sleeping as well maybe as before because we generally have a lot more sedentary lifestyles. Yes. And so moving more is really helpful because it just burns off that adrenaline in our system. Yeah. We don't have anywhere for that stress and that adrenaline to go. Mm -hmm. You are going to feel jittery. You're not going to get that good night's sleep. Yeah. I always like to think about like if I am at the cottage and you're, I'm outside all day, Mm. I'm in the water, we're in the canoe, we're just doing all that fun stuff. The sleep is like, so hard and yeah. so deep. It's true. It's yeah. Because you're just, you're physically exhausted. Yeah. You're having fun. You're yeah. not mentally stimulated. Yeah. And it just speaks to all of the stuff that we know mm. about what gives us a good night's sleep. Right. And then I want to ask you about waking up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, a lot of people, and I know <clears throat> for me for a long time, definitely quitting caffeine, um, mm. and being off alcohol for the time being really helps. But, um, I know a lot of people wake up feeling feeling really sluggish, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to wake up sometimes even if we set the alarm and sometimes the amount of hours we got for sleep doesn't really make a difference. Sometimes it yeah. does. Is there a routine, same as going to bed, what's a good waking up routine? Yeah, so there's lots of mixed literature on what works for a good morning routine. What you hear with a lot of people is try not to be on the phone. Yeah. Phones really demonize when it comes to sleep. So maybe should, should the phone be like in a separate room? I know some of my girlfriends do that. It should be. Okay. It should be. So maybe use something else as an alarm and yeah. just keep the phone. The Philips wake yeah. up alarm. Yes. I love the Philips okay. wake up alarm. Um, <laughs> Good last minute Christmas present. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> and before they were really big and clunky, but now they're like these cute little, they look like mm. suns. They're, they're adorable. I really like them. Um, but yeah, the phone is <clears> effective <throat> if it's in another room. People find that... You know, it's just, it's not, it's not tempting, yeah. right? I find yeah. if it's right beside you on your nightstand, it, it's course. very tempting to yeah. just pick it up first thing in the morning. Um, and so for different things that we can do for our morning routine, it's best thing is to try and get outside if okay. you can, because that's that thing that will give you that burst And of is pressure. that like as soon as possible after we wake up, like put your drawing pants on and then go for a walk type of thing? Ideally, as soon as possible. I would say anywhere within the first half hour okay. would be okay. helpful. We're dehydrated in the night, so drinking mm-hmm. water first thing in the morning is really effective as well. We do, like, with our breathing of sleep, we do breathe out a lot of moisture. So, you know, oftentimes we rush to coffee mm-hmm. to, you know, 
as our first beverage of the day. So yeah. trying to replace that with water, you'll water find a first. boost in your energy. Okay. So I would say if you do if you don't do anything, just add some water. Like mm. have a glass of water as soon as you wake up in the morning. That should help. Um, open the blinds. Try it's right now it's dark, but open the blinds. Try and get Shredding some, some sort of light. Use like a a happy light like mm. flip that on that can help with the sluggishness and some people exercise first thing in the morning some mm-hmm. people you know even just doing a couple stretches right first thing in the morning yeah. it's again just getting that blood flowing and it's just telling our body that it's time to wake up mm-hmm. so you know a couple just really good like cat cow stretches or yeah. getting to a nice child's pose just mm-hmm. doing a few stretches is really helpful and then trying to get out when you can is, is another good one there's lots like I love reading about people's morning morning and nighttime mm. routines like there's a book that's coming out I'm so excited about it um and it's really helpful like I love to read people's like different routines so some people gratitude journal in the morning some yeah. people set intentions some people some people meditate some people meditate in the morning and that I never understood because if I sit down again in like a calm space yeah. I fall asleep really <laughs> so meditation for me cannot be first thing yeah. in the morning it's mm. so interesting and some people like for me I'm a morning meditator okay I can't meditate before bed mm. because I find it just I like meditation it kind of builds focus and it kind of helps right. me build my intention for the day and it's okay. how I learned it's like how I started meditating was in right. a class and my class was first thing in the morning so we would mm. meditate and then I felt that I was like a little bit crisper that day but I think the difference is what you said is if I'm able to go outside so for example going to a meditation class and that would be okay because I'm moving a little bit before oh. just sitting down so it's not just like you know getting out of your nice warm bed yeah and then falling like, sitting down exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense that would be really difficult mm. yeah so meditation in the morning is great for people exercise in the morning is great for people okay if you have a dog walking the dog is a right. really good thing so okay. yeah okay well that's good advice thank you um now i want to ask you so We've talked about sleep. Um, we talked a little bit about how certain foods, certain drinks can impact sleep as well. Mm-hmm. Going into the holidays, I know food can be really um, like a scary prospect for a lot of people because we are able to be good the rest mm-hmm. of the year and then holidays full of temptation. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's an actual issue. Um, for example, I'm lactose intolerant. So for me, a big challenge like, uh, during the holidays is yeah. going to friends or relatives. It is tough. And it's harder to, like, con- you know, make sure there's no cream or milk in anything because mm-hmm. I will literally get sick. For other people, it's more that, you know, they've built, um, you know, they, they, they're managing what they eat in mm-hmm. terms of just weight loss or for different reasons. What's a good way of dealing with all of that? And also, I think there's just anxiety for everyone about the fear of, like, indulging too much, right? Absolutely. No matter what it is we eat. Absolutely. And I think there can be a lot of guilt and anxiety around mm. that. Yeah. So I think maybe having a little bit of a game plan before you go to something, right? Mm-hmm. Before you go to an event of being like, what what do I want to get out of this event? Like, do you want to indulge that day? Mm -hmm. Right. Do you want to enact that kind of like 90, 10 perspective and Mm -hmm. be like, this is my indulgence. I look forward to this once a year. Right. And, and that's what you're going to do. And, and really kind of get into the headspace of I'm going to indulge. And this is my, this is my night that I'm going to enjoy myself and Mm -hmm. not worry about it. Um, so for some people, you know, treating it that way and then try to mitigate the guilt around that. Okay. Another one to, like, another kind of strategy, if especially if you have a lot of events, is starting to see, ask yourself, is eating a little bit more mindfully, mm-hmm. right? So 
There's yeah. so much excess, right? Yeah. And I find, especially now, there's like a, a bit of fatigue around sugar and mm-hmm. alcohol and everyone's just starting to feel a bit sluggish mm-hmm. because there's been so much yeah. already. All the holiday parties and so the Christmas much. lunches. And there's always stuff in the office at work. Oh, yes. Gift <laughs> baskets being shipped. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. All the chocolate. Exactly. And so it's trying to act, eat a little bit more mindfully. So yeah. before we grab something, especially automatically, yeah. is asking yourself, I always, I love a scale. So like on a scale of one to ten, how much do you want this? Right. right. Or asking yourself, why are you eating this? Am I yes. eating this because I'm stressed? Am I eating this because that client email just really irritated me? Or am I eating this because it's my grandmother's shortbread that I love and yes. I only get it this time of year? Well, and that's okay too, right? I think mm-hmm. we're, we're, we should be allowing ourselves to indulge a little bit. And I like your idea of making it that day where, okay, today I'm going to have some of the sweets or I am going to have whatever I don't eat the rest of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then just bringing in, I I like to say like bringing in that mindful perspective. Mm. So mindful eating, you know, eating things, you know, not just to eat and, you know, we're oftentimes so busy that we're eating in the car, eating in front of our laptop. And so if you are going to eat something that you really love and that's an well generally anything we eat we should be doing this but <laughs> if you're eating something really indulgent is take the time to enjoy it right and i like to treat it as kind of like you know when we wine taste and right. you know, you're yes. swirling it and you're noticing the colors and all the nuanced flavors do the same thing with the food yeah right yeah. enjoy mm-hmm. it savor it and treat it like almost not an event but kind of like that mm-hmm. right it's something special that you're putting in your body mm-hmm. and really taste it because i find especially now we're so busy that sometimes we don't even taste what we're eating that's true what would be your advice for dealing with and i know in my case it's lactose intolerance it's not too bad i have friends who are vegan i have mm-hmm. friends who have very specific you know allergies and that's more common now but yeah how can we deal with if you're going to eat at someone's house, what's the proper etiquette for letting them know there's certain things I won't be able to eat, but yeah. without imposing, you got to make a whole vegan meal from scratch because I don't eat meat. Absolutely. Um, and I'm vegan, so it's a really good question. Oh, great. <laughs> so really what is helpful is when you are SVP, like when you tell the person that you're going to come, just be like, heads up, I'm vegan. I'll bring a dish. Right. Like I'll bring something I to like eat. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to put you out with that. Yeah. So it's fine. And then generally, most people can have side dishes, right? Exactly. And so bringing something that other people can enjoy, but, mm. you know, a great a great vegan dish or a great lactose intolerance dish, yeah. you know, different things that other people can enjoy, but you're not putting the host out at yes. all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like I that. Really like That's a do. good approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be a dessert too, right? For so sure. somebody like I'm normally I'm also gluten free. So what I do now, if I'm going to somebody's house for like a party, I'll bring some gluten free, dairy free pastries, okay. and I'll say I brought. You know, it's for everyone, but obviously I know I can eat it. Exactly, <laughs> and people are. I find people are so intrigued these days mm-hmm. now about different dietary preferences, yeah. and like if I bring something vegan, like I'll usually I love baking, mm-hmm. so I'll bring like vegan cookies or something, and people get so excited. They're like, yeah. I didn't even know these were vegan. So yeah, you you're know, right. People are intrigued by it. Yeah. So adds a little bit more to the party as well mm-hmm. and then my next question is dealing with all the temper flare-ups that can happen oh during the holiday yeah. and I think they start pre-holidays like we yeah. kind of start feeling it in the office or mm-hmm. with friends and family people get a little bit on edge there's a lot of anxiety um, before the holidays also because mm-hmm. everyone's about to go on vacation so that can be stressful work-wise yeah and why is it that we get so stressed before the holidays, do you think? I think there's a lot of pressure. We're just such an Instagram, Pinterest-y generation mm-hmm. that there's so much pressure for everything to be perfect yeah. around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And 
it's never perfect, right? Yeah. But the decorations have to be perfect, mm-hmm. and the gifts have to be perfect, and they have to be wrapped, and we have to have the beautiful family photo Christmas card, and mm-hmm. all of that, right? And so it is difficult for a lot of people because we already have all that pressure that we've put on ourselves, mm-hmm. and then we have the work deadlines, and if you're going to be going off. There's also a lot of family stuff, yeah. right? There's, yeah. you know... Some people love their families and they have the Hallmark holiday. Yes. And that's great and that's wonderful. <laughs> and we all envy those people. <laughs> exactly. But for a lot of people, the holidays bring up a lot of stuff yeah. and a lot of pressure. If yeah. you're, you know, if your relatives have ideas of, or preconceived notions of what you should be doing in your life yeah. and that's not what you're doing, yes. then there's a lot of questions. Yeah. And, you know, so there is a lot of pressure internally and then also externally. I think the biggest thing is self-care. Yes. Right? right. Self-care, especially in the sense. holidays, it's it's tough. So knowing what we need to do, because yeah. we have all this pressure on ourselves, and the first thing to go is the things that we do to help keep us kind of sane, yeah. right? Because we don't so That's why the sleep is important, because <laughs> we need to be rested and calm exactly. to get through this period. Exactly. Mm. And I always think about, like, you know, if we're, if you're not having a help, I always say to people, like, if I'm stressed out about something, at night, mm-hmm. it becomes the biggest thing. Like, if I'm worried about something at night, I will stress about it, yeah. I'll ruminate about it, yeah. I'll talk to my husband about it, I'll talk to my mom about it. And then sometimes we'll have, like, I'll go to bed, and I wake up in the morning, and I think about what I was really anxious or stressed out about, and I was like, why was I upset about right. that? Like right, like, it was not that big a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And I think it's because just we get so drained that it's literally the straw that broke the camel's back, right? right? One little thing can set us over the edge Mm -hmm. so it's I always like to think of stress and anxiety as like almost this like tub in a way Mm -hmm. and so if we constantly fill the tub and there's like a clog in the tub any drop of water can make us overflow right so what can we do to kind of drain the tub right right so that's what I like to do especially because we know we know the pressures, we know the stress. So how can we take the pressure off ourselves a little exactly. bit? So it could be different things, right? It could be, again, meditation can help, getting the right amount of sleep, maybe going to get a massage, a little day at the spa, anything that can bring that pressure down. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I always go back to basics. When we're feeling overwhelmed, I always go back to basic survival. So mm. can I get a healthy meal? Yeah. Can I get some hydration? Yeah. Can I get a good night's sleep? And can I move? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it sounds simple and it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can see how that yeah. really helps. And then connecting with people who really fill that connection, like fill yes. that love tank for us in yeah. a way, right? Yeah. So who can I connect with? Because oftentimes there's so many people, mm-hmm. but are we having that connection? Mm-hmm. And so can you grab a coffee with a friend that you just feel so good yeah. after seeing? You know, how can we fit those little bits of we have our obligations that we have to do but Mm -hmm. how how can we you know how can we spend time with the people that truly truly matter yes and then I also really like to bring in a gratitude practice this time of year okay there's such it's such a I personally love Mm. the holiday season I think it's a really wonderful time but it's also for many people a time of have not Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so the pressures of you know getting the latest toy for our kid Mm. or you know having 17 dresses for the all the events that we have and we can't repeat the same dress yeah so it's what can I be grateful for in this moment Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and and practicing that I always say to people like a couple times a day right or a couple you know before bed or when you wake up in the morning just think to yourself like what are three things that I'm grateful for today? Mm-hmm. And even when you're, you know, next week spending time with lots of family, what are you grateful for in that moment mm-hmm. as well? Oh, I did have another question about mm-hmm. sleep, actually, that I forgot. 
what about oversleeping? Is that a thing? Like, mm-hmm. and I've noticed if it's after a period where I haven't been getting as much sleep as normal, there'll be a night where I'll sleep like 11, 12 hours. Yeah. That's not a problem. That's being human. Mm-hmm. So if you've had sleep deprivation, you know when people say like you're catching up on sleep? Yeah. It's, it's legit no joke. Like you okay. actually do have to catch up on sleep. Mm. And so if you've had a couple sleepless nights, you are going to have longer sleeps. And, and that's a good thing. It yeah. means that your body is just catching up and needs right. it. Some people can oversleep. And oftentimes we see it with individuals who may be, you know, dealing with depression in their lives mm. or, um, you know, just other other stuff that might be right. going on. And oversleeping can be a problem. It doesn't affect you. Um, it's, it's not helpful for you. It's not healthy. There's, mm-hmm. there's some negative side effects that come from oversleeping, but if it's one of those things where you don't have a, like you've had a sleep deficit and now you have time to sleep more and you're doing it, that's great. That's, that's okay. what your body needs to do. Can't do it. So that week before Christmas and New Year's, we're allowed to oversleep a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. We hope Perfect. everyone oversleeps a little bit that week. Well, I wish you all the good sleep, all the best sleep and all the best things for the holidays. Thank and you. thank you so much for all your helpful advice. Thank you so much. And happy holidays to all of our listeners. Catch up on that sleep. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Thank you so much to Stephanie for all her helpful advice. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'll be back on January 9th with our first episode of 2020. I hope you have happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.